Howdy, everybody. Howdy, everybody. You always I interrupt like, me. I, you like interrupting? I, I actually come in about a third of a second after you start. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So you're still leading. Howdy, everybody. I'm uh, Robert. Uh, howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm Ira. <laughs> and this is Money Shot. Yes, it is. But not for long. How about that? Robert, you have an announcement to make. I do have an announcement to make. Ladies and gentlemen, and listeners, boys and girls, aliens, whoever might be listening to this podcast, we're going to be changing the name. Well, there's going to be a few changes around here. There's going to be some changes around this town. When I was in college, there were these uh, two roommates that, uh, these two guys that had, they both lost their their doormates and they had to get put together. And uh, one guy was a big stoner and the other guy walks in and is all like macho and they got put together. And I was in the room when they, when they finally moved in and the stoner was just blazing up high and the the kind of jock aggressive guy walks in and goes man there's gonna be some changes around here and the other guy was like man what you talking about there ain't gonna be no changes around here <laughs> and uh that became part of our our cultural lexicon when we were in college so there are like gonna a, be isn't that a cliche in a western film i fear there's, there's some, gonna be some changes th- th- around? yeah i feel yeah. like i've seen that in Possibly. some western movies but there are gonna be some changes around here and the changes in particular are going to be the name of the show. Ooh. And yes. the new name is? So, what'd you think? So, what'd you think? Yeah. So, I think we're going to change the name of the show from Money Shot Podcast to So, What'd You Think? And the reason for that being is, you want to talk about it a little bit? We thought we came up with a better name. Yeah, I guess that's really that's it. it. <laughs> uh, yeah, why don't you bring that, that yeah. mic a little closer yeah. to you? Uh, yeah, I think one of the problems that we felt like with this name, we, we I think... Don't, don't let me put words in your mouth, Ira, but the name Money Shot, first of all, is probably not the most memorable name. Not that So What You Think is, but it it has it kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And also, we keep forgetting to talk about Money Shot. We do. We, we've done that yeah, a few times, more than once. And... Oh, wow. That was, oh, take off your pants. But here's the thing. We're not going to lose the shitty atmosphere that we recorded. So everything's going to be the same. It's going to be different, but the same. So we're still going to get sirens. We're still going to get cat meows. It's still going to be the same shitty recording that we've always had. Cool. Yeah. I like it. Don't you? It's a good name, too. Yeah. yeah. Bring, them, bring so, them a little closer to you. So, so what do you think? Yeah. I remember we walked out of the theater months ago, ended. The movie ended. And I said, so what do you think? And then remember, I said, hey, that'd be a good name for a podcast. Yeah. And that stayed with you. And it's a better name. And we also have the domain .net. Yeah. So we have so would you think dot net, mm-hmm. and we'll be changing over. Now we're, we're not going to do it right now, right. but we want to let everyone who's listening be aware that we are going to eventually shift. And when we shift, we're going to copy over all the old episodes, so all the old episodes will still be available. They're just going to be at this new um, on this. Uh, what am I trying to say? New platform. So we'll repost all the old episodes, um, even the old Rocio episodes. We'll keep everything there. And uh, why? You, <laughs> I know everyone wants to listen to those, yeah. and uh, we'll we'll keep it all up for you, and uh, except for that, you know that that one episode that you and I did that we don't want to. Oh, to. that one, yeah, that one, that one. It's in the vault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, actually, there is there is a lost episode. Do you realize this? No, one of ours. Yes. No. Yes. What? Well, you and I recorded a podcast that we never released, and maybe when we go to so what you know. Or so, so would you? So would you think we'll uh, we'll do our our? Come hidden... on, are you being serious? Right yes, now? you don't remember? No, I don't. We talked a lot about racism when Get Out came out. 
What are you saying? That you never we published had, it? You never published it? We never published it. It, it never it. went live? It was a, a short little mini episode that we never released. What Was that an accident or was that designed? Uh, well, do you remember our guest? Who was our guest? Annika. Oh. Do you remember this? It's coming back to me. Why yeah. don't you um, elucidate our and Because it's going to be more fun to try to pick your brain and see what you can remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, wait, wait. That was a school assignment for her. She that needed was a to do school some, assignment she, for her. We said, "Why don't you come on the podcast?" And we would, yeah. and we'll talk about some racism and, and try to figure out uh, how film is depicting race. And that's right. And we that's talked right. about get out. It's like a lost episode. It it's is. like I love Lucy, the lost episode. Yes, we've got a lost episode. Yeah, I feel validated. Now it wasn't a full length episode. You're right. It You're was right. like a forty minute episode. Right. Right. And uh, so I think when we when we shift over, maybe we'll have a little uh, a bonus episode. A bonus episode. Like a, 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 a uh, what do you call that? A housewarming present, you know? A housewarming present. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> to You're ourselves. So sweet to ourselves. I like that. Okay, so, good. Oh, by the way, with, the, uh, with our new name, um, I even sent you this question in a text and you didn't respond. I don't I, so respond You probably you. thought it was like an inane question. Should it be... So what do you think, or so what did you think? Let's talk about this. So what Should did it be you think? did or do? So what did you think? I think so what did you think? I do too. Yeah. I do too. But I va- I stayed up till three in the morning, weighing these two variables. What did you? So what did you think? I'm, so what I'm do you think? Perplexed at what goes on in your mind at three in the morning because it's yeah. always between two and three in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes when I text you, you're asleep. So is, are these sleep conversations? You well, have? usually you're like in bed next to me. So I. Yeah, and that's why I text you. <laughs> We're getting such a look from our producer. <laughs> it's the usual look. The usual one. The usual look of disdain. Yeah. No. Um. All right. Well. So yeah, there's gonna be some changes around here. Cool. Yeah. Good. Anything else? <sighs> now we haven't talked at all about this episode because <laughs> in oh you're right in, in great this podcasting is a hosting you're supposed to first set up right yeah uh, this week yes we're gonna talk about mother I knew you're gonna say it like that it was very <laughs> funny when Robert and I were buying the tickets yeah you know, the poor guy behind the the cash behind in the booth in the box uh, the uh, box him, office I said can I get uh, can I please get two tickets for the movie mother <laughs> and he got it. He actually smiled. He was on board with that. He understood. Yeah. <laughs> well, it has the exclamation point right there. Yep. Yep. So we're going to talk about Mother. And we're also going to talk about our top five uh, movies that take place in one location. Interior. We did say that. Uh, don't I, you? I think mine is all interior. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Movies that are. Not necessarily all, but can we agree on like perhaps 85% yeah. of the film takes place in one interior locale? I think this is a you'll know it when you see it kind of thing. And and I think we'll be able to call foul if it, if somebody brings up a movie that doesn't kind of say. You know what? You can have a scene or two that's not sure. In sure, but that the, bulk, the bulk, the vast yes. majority. You know what's interesting about our top five? There are a lot of them. There yeah. were a lot more than I thought there would Me be. Too. Yes, My mind point. was racing at three in the morning. And I was oh, jotting down. I'm sorry. What, I've what? asked this question well, before. Like, Does your mind ever race at 10 o'clock at night? No, I, I kick in. I start at like 1. In the you start morning. at 1? Yeah. And I, I get so from 2 to 3, your mind is racing. Oh, what, look at me now, babe. What time do you go to bed? I stay up late. You know that. You, you go know to, that. You go to bed at like... Robert, we were texting last night till 3 in the morning. So yeah, yeah. Last night. Yeah. So you know I'm awake. 
I'm, yeah. yeah. But I like sleeping late. You don't. I don't see how you function. Robert, how many hours sleep did you get last night? Uh, Seriously. Uh, yeah, three. I'm going to guess it was three. Seven? Yeah, I'd say six or seven. Really? Yeah. I, I, I have to have sleep, man. I like sleep. Feels good. D- Joey gave the seven. She gave, she, yeah. she held up seven fingers. See, that's how good a producer she is. She keeps track of my sleep hours. Ah. She's sitting there with a stopwatch bite by the bed the entire time. I need someone like that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, don't, you don't ask... Uh, Who? Uh, Bobby. Bobby? Yeah. Bobby. Your man slave? Who's... It? <laughs> I keep him chained under the bed. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'll give him a stopwatch. <laughs> hey, Bobby, chained under the bed. Here's a stopwatch. <laughs> <laughs> you should unzip his mouth guard first. Okay, well, uh, before we get into the movie, I guess we got to talk about people who are dead this week. We're going to talk about movies that we've seen this week. There's <laughs> all sorts of changes happening and everything else. All right. Hey, guess what? There's no guest this week, so you get to read your own shitty, I mean, your own poems. Yeah, but knowing you, Robert, yep. you're going to take someone from a previous podcast, like maybe last week when John did such a great job. You're looking at me now like that's a really good yeah. idea. Yeah, it is so a good So you're going to usurp me every time. You're going to humor me here while recording, and I think, wow, I get a read aloud here, and unbeknownst to Ira, later on when you actually publish, it won't be my voice. Well, we'll see. I know. <laughs> Shall we begin? I need a bigger repertoire of people who are reading your poetry. Go ahead. What do you got? Are we doing the Dead Corner? Yeah, let's or do, do you, Dead Corner. Or do you want to do Weekend Review? Dead Corner? Which Weekend one? Review. Oh, mm, wow. Okay, you ready? Which one are you ready for? Uh, hey, I'm ready for anything, babe. Lay it on me. Okay. Top five. Here we go. <laughs> Weekend Review? Go, whatever you think. Other movies we've seen during the last seven days. So is this people so- who died? <laughs> Some are stinkers, some we want to praise, some we want to, oh wait, some praise, some are old, some are new, we now present the, the week, week in review. review. All right. You go first. This week, man, what did I see this week? I saw American History X this week. You did. I did. But you've seen it before. I've never seen it before. Are you serious? Of course I'm not serious. I've seen that oh. movie so many freaking times. Let's talk about this movie. Um, I, uh, I watched it with producer Joey. And she had not seen it before. Wow. Uh, she cringed yeah. during the uh, curb stomping scene. Yeah, I know that cringe scene very yeah. well. You know, I, I always love that scene because the best part of it is the sound. The, the sound that his teeth make when he bites the curb. And it's, it's like chalk on a, on a chalkboard or something. It's that kind of noise. You like that, huh? So good. You're it sick. makes the You're whole thing. You're a sick fuck. I was also noticing a couple things about that movie. Uh, it's it's written extremely well. They've done a really nice job of of presenting both sides in a believable viewpoint. Like the the family fight scenes where you know the the racist bigot has he actually has a couple of good points in his in his arguments, and so does you know does the other the other family members that are arguing against him. It's really interesting. And, and the way that it's written. Something else, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Tony Kay, the director, he wanted to have his name removed, removed. from the film. Mm-hmm. And do you know why they didn't allow him to do this? Why? Because he, want, he wanted it to be Alan Smithy. Right. He talked about it. And you're not allowed to talk about why you left the film. You're not allowed to discuss it. You have to zip it. 
and then they will allow you to remove now, your name. Now, whose rules are these? The DGA, the, the, the Directors, Directors Guild, Guild of America. America. So because he spoke about it in interviews and yes. so on, he therefore was attached to it and legally, would, yes. legally, and wasn't able to remove. They were his not name. willing to remove. That's his very name. interesting. And why did he want his name removed? I, I think from what I had gathered, uh, I'd read just a little bit about it. I think uh, Edward Norton and maybe even Edward Furlong, they really kind of took the project over from Tony Kay, and I think they made it more about Edward Norton's character than it was about Edward Furlong's character. And in a way, it kind of, it kind of makes sense. I mean, at the time, Edward Norton was a big star, and he was his he was drawing a lot of attention. And uh, this is right after Primal Fear, and everyone was kind of, oh, who is this actor? He's amazing. And this is one of his earlier films, but he's he's just starting to get a lot of power at this point in Hollywood. And I think he wanted to make the film a little bit more about his character. And it was something that I, I noticed as I was watching it that the movie really should be about the younger brother. It's called American History X. It's his homework assignment. And it doesn't feel that way. That When you're done with the movie, it really feels like you're watching a journey about the brother, the older brother, not the younger brother. It's a good point you're making. And I, I hadn't really realized that. The many times that I'd seen it, I had never really thought about it from that angle. And, and I think that's a mistake. I don't know if you ever saw Tony Kay's other movie. He did a documentary called Ring of Fire. Have you ever seen this? I haven't. It's a documentary about uh, abortion. And it's really, really good. And again, he does a very nice job of presenting both sides of that issue. He doesn't really take one side or the other. He's not pro-life or pro-choice. He really just kind of says, these are two different viewpoints. And it's let's kind of inspect and, and allow you to make up your own mind. Now, I think, obviously, in American History X, there's obviously a you know, a, a bias as there should be. I mean, I think it's really disgusting. Some of the stuff that he says, it's just, it's more realistic, I think, uh, than most other movies where they would just show caricatures of racists. And the fact that these were smart, articulate racists made it much more interesting and compelling. Right. right. Ring of fire or documentary. Yeah. Ring of fire. It's not a documentary you, on Johnny cash. It's a documentary Johnny about Ka Johnny cash's abortions. <laughs> The Ring of Fire. Yeah. What was yeah. that? What was that? Oh, producer. Producer. Uh, uh, take off some clothes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mother. <laughs> All right. Uh, what, what did you, you say? You know, one, one more thing about that film. Obviously, it was it was, it was was powerful and penetrating and disturbing. Mm -hmm. Everything about it. It was, a, it was a very smart movie and well done and, and upsetting. I had trouble with Elliot Gould's character. Why? It pulled me out. Because he's Jewish? It pulled, it pulled me out. You In what way? You disagreed. It, it's just, well, there's Elliot Gould. There's Elliot Gould. I, I can't get past that. I don't know why. I'm able to make that leap with other actors. Hmm. But every time for the famous dinner scene and da 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 and is a, I just felt, well, this is, I'm watching Elliot Gould act. Yeah, can, I, can, can I know what you're saying. I can appreciate it. I think and the, I don't know why the, I read Part of the that. problem for me with that scene is that Okay, Beverly D'Angelo dates, or she's married to a man who has some fairly extreme beliefs, and then all of a sudden she—that means that she's at least used to hearing some thoughts about Jewish people, and she she is the mother to two skinheads. So there's got to be a lot of anti-Semitism going on in that household to begin with. The fact that she would date someone. Yeah. So clearly Jewish yeah. and, and almost stereotype. stereotype. Maybe that's it, Robert. Maybe that's it. That seems unlikely. 
And it just so happens that he's a teacher at her son's high school. It feels very weird and incestuous. Yeah, yeah. And but it was not, just, a, it not was, outside the realm of possibility, but just it feels a little forced. Yeah, and for me, I still it was just Elliot Gould being Elliot Gould. No, I don't know, but what a movie. So basically what I'm hearing is that you don't like Jewish people. Yeah, well, I am anti-Semitic. Yeah. yeah. I tried to join the KKK. They wouldn't let me in because hmm. I'm a Jew. The silence. The silence. I'm, just, I'm thinking what? of too many racist things yeah, to say. Sure. Uh, I okay. also, I also what? saw what? Jaws, uh, which I had seen so many times in bits and pieces, but never actually sat down and watched the whole thing from beginning to end. So I did watch Jaws. And uh, while I was doing some work... I need a bigger boat. I watched, uh, I watched a TV series that was really interesting called um, American Vandal. It's a new Netflix series. Have you heard of this? I haven't. It just came out this weekend, and it's really cool. It's about it's a it's a comedy. There's like eight episodes, and it's about a guy who about a high school senior who is blamed for spray painting twenty seven dicks on all the teachers' cars, and he gets expelled from the school. And he's a senior, and there's a like a sophomore who is in the film department, and he decides that he's going to do a film about this senior and he does it in the style of how all you know like making a murderer all of these these murder shows and he does it very takes it very seriously tried to tries to figure out well who is the suspect here and and who actually did the crime that kind of set it up for this jackass to take the fall but he by all accounts it has he always draws dicks on the on the whiteboards and stuff like that so he's the guy that everyone naturally assumes did this crime but he's going i didn't do it this one he's like i think it's a great prank but i didn't do it and as the show starts to un like what am i trying to say unwind as it starts to uh, evolve you really start to understand all these different characters and their motivations it's a really clever show it's really well done were these dicks circumcised yes see again with anti-semitism oh my gosh no, but the, the main guy, the way he draws his dicks uh, is with ball hair. And that was one of the big, I think that was in the first episode, where they, they finally come to, to the realization that all of the dicks drawn on the teacher's cars didn't have ball hair. So that had to be a completely different artist who was drawing these dicks. So that was one of the first little glimpses of exonerating him from this crime. And it's, it's actually a really good What's it called? It's called American Vandal. And it's done in the style of all of these true crime TV shows that people watch. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's really funny. There's some good stuff in there. Huh. Yeah, what did you watch? Two. I have two to suggest. Mm -hmm. I finally... Well, at your urging last week, I watched The Deuce. The Deuce. What did you think? I liked it a lot. It was great atmosphere. Didn't they do a great job of of connecting us to 1971 Times yeah. Square yeah. and uh, obviously the set and everything else and the the atmosphere, the acting, and best of all, we had Maggie and, you know, I have a thing for Maggie mm -hmm. and uh, and there she was in all her glory. That's my girl. Yeah. I knew you were going to watch that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I went home, watched it right away. Yeah. So thank you for that. Watched it or jerked off? Uh, well, well, like the two can be mutually exclusive. Okay. Be how both of how many times did you watch the scene where he puts his hand on her nipple? Oh, three times. Oh. That first night. Okay, yeah. I see, I see. <laughs> All right. What else did you watch? So I saw that and... Um, you should have said twice, then you could have said the deuce. <laughs> oh. 
But uh, thank you for turning me on to that that series. Yeah. I'm going to be a faithful watcher, faithful mm-hmm. viewer. Watcher. And the sure. other one, such as I use the word, yeah. Um, and the other was a um, a Netflix streaming movie called Bring It On Worldwide Showdown. Oh my gosh! And you know, it it did what it needed to do. <laughs> <laughs> It did, that's my great quote, it did what it needed to do. Bring it on, the worldwide showdown. So this is, I'm, I'm, guess, I'm guessing, like the world Cheer- cheerleading cheer- competition? Yeah, yeah, I guess, I don't know. You think I was following the plot? Characters? That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Those are my two for my When did you interview. watch this? About three or four nights ago. Hmm. Late. About three in the morning. <laughs> That's when you're doing your best work. <laughs> Is that what happens? You're just you're jerking it to, you know, a Kirsten Dunst spinoff movie, and uh, and and you suddenly you go, wow, I just had a revelation. Well, yeah, I don't know if it works that way, but I know it bothered you because I had the sound up too loud. <laughs> I know I was trying to take a little snooze there, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I keep hearing little like uh, bear. It's cold in here. It must be. Okay, so. Robert, you saw the movie. I lived it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, those are some okay. awful movies to watch this week. Hey, this who, is art. Who died? This is art. I know you're going to usurp me once. I don't know who you're going to put. I think you're going to put John in. This is very funny. Because when people actually hear this, I'm taking a deep breath and boom, in will come another voice. No, I won't leave you. And now the moment we have to say. The following people passed away. Gotta tell you, unfortunately we must, the following people have turned to dust. That was pretty good, Ira. You know, actually, you might want to keep that one. Yeah. And I like to say that these are all valuable, notable people. Some are more well-known than others, but obviously, as part of their craft and who they are, we don't want to diminish the lesser-known people, but all these lives are very important. Having said that, the dead corner. Here's who kicked the bucket. Yeah, okay. Len Wein, W-E-I-N, 69. Now, he was a comic book guy, but he was a, uh, he was a writer and editor. I thought you were going to say he was a comic book. book. Well, he, but it's not for film directly, but I saw a link there. He helped bring about uh, Swamp Thing, Watchmen, and he was a co-creator of Wolverine. Wow. And also the X-Men. Uh, directly related to film? No. However... His work certainly did move on to the next medium, and I just wanted to acknowledge him. Uh, Mark Lamura, 68 years old, American actor, television, a lot of TV, mostly known for All My Children, but he was also in two films, Something Borrowed and City by the Sea. He died of lung cancer. Oh, that sucks. We lost someone. Was he a regular smoker? I don't know. I don't know. 68 and 69. Yeah, these people are getting young. How old am I? Yeah, never mind. Now, here's someone... A few more years, you might be there. Yeah, okay, whatever. 37-year-old Carlos Munoz Portal, a Mexican location scout who did Fast and Furious. Robert, he was shot. He was shot. A location scout. Robert, tell us about that role. What does that person do? Well, first of all, he sounds like he was in the wrong location. Right, right. Right? Uh, Location scout uh, is kind of... I mean, obviously, it kind of does what it sounds like. You're going ahead before the crew... Uh, and you are trying to find locations. Oftentimes, before you ever shoot, you have a tech scout. So what that is is the director, the cinematographer, everybody kind of piles into a van, all the key members of the team, and they go on uh, location 
the visits. So they will, the location scout will set up arrangements for the entire key members to go visit days or sometimes weeks, possibly even months before they ever shoot. So they can get an idea of how they're going to shoot it and what it's going to look like. I would think the director would have to be a part of that process, not necessarily. Well, they are. I mean, often they might look at photographs, photographs and the location video, scout yeah. might say, oh, I mean, they're going to talk to the director and say, well, what are you looking for? And they'll say, okay, I think I know a place or two that might work. And sometimes the director will say, this is the location I want. So the location scout will have to uh, go out and find the person in charge of that location to make sure that they can film there. The location scout is also working with permitting and things like that to make sure that they have the right permits. In some places, that's not even a problem. I remember I was shooting a film in, in Tennessee one time, and we were stopping traffic, and a cop pulled up, and I thought, oh, shit, we didn't pull a permit. We're fucked. And the cop got out and came up to us and said, you know, what are you doing? We said, we're shooting a movie. And he said, okay, hang on. And then he started stopping traffic so we could get our shot. Yeah. So it's a completely different atmosphere in other places than it is in Los Angeles. But in Los Angeles, they're going to check you to make sure that you have a permit. And to give you an idea of how much these permits cost, permits on Sunset Strip, uh, if, if you pull a permit for that, that's about $10,000 a day. And that's just permission to film there. Uh, on public property private property could run anywhere typically you're looking at about a thousand dollars a day but if it's a, a notable building that could be significantly higher it could be up to you know fifty thousand dollars per day depending on what kind of location that you're talking about so locations are actually quite expensive and on top of all of that if you're in a public place like uh on the sunset strip for example you're gonna have to have whoa felt like I was in the twilight right, zone. Swirling uh, into house. So if you... What was I saying? I was totally lost. Oh, so if, if you are on the Sunset Strip, for example, you would need to pull a... Uh, you would also need to, to hire police officers. So there's certain codes that you have to have in Los Angeles. So you'll, you'll see whenever you pass by movie shoots that are going on, you'll see motorcycle cops that are there. And typically those are retired police officers who the location manager works with the city to hire to make sure that they're holding off traffic at certain points and things like that. So if you're anywhere near a public road, you have to have a police officer there. Now there's and the location officer act, or the, sorry, the location scout actually has a lot of uh, bureaucracy that they have to do. They they really bridge the gap between the film crew and the city and the local community. Don't you have that? The front of a building right across the street looks like a bank. Yeah. And you told me they do a lot of filming there. Thanks for letting everybody know where I live. I appreciate that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Yeah. Yeah. So but there is. There's a... Uh, I wonder how much it would be to rent that for half a day. Well, because that... I mean, there's a couple of locations in Los Angeles. For example, uh, the aforementioned American History X. The diner scene that they shoot at the end of that movie was shot at Johnny's Diner, which is on Fairfax and They Wilshire. do a lot there. And that location is only for shooting films. It, right. There is no real diner there. So if you go there, you can't order food. Right. It's only only there to have as a diner right. or in a, in a TV show or Let movie. me interrupt. Did you ever see a movie called Miracle Mile? It was shot at that intersection. Did I? Right on Wilshire yeah. by the, the May Company. The whole movie takes place there. Hmm. It's quite an interesting film. But sorry, go ahead. So... Uh, it, those locations are going to be charging more because they are, um, be because that's what they're. That's built exclusively for. what it's there right. for, right? Right. Um, and then some people like, uh, interestingly, McDonald's. I found this out when I uh, when I worked on a McDonald's shoot. 
McDonald's actually has, uh, not too far away from here, a McDonald's restaurant that is only for right. filming. And you can't eat there. It's only reserved for when they want to shoot something. So they have a go-to McDonald's that they can always go to. And the it, it functions only in like really weird ways. They can pull things out and move the whole set around if they need to. So when they're not filming at that McDonald's location, what it's is... Closed. is what, it's closed. Like it looks like a closed McDonald's. Right. It's here in LA? It's in the Los Angeles area. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And like the the fryer and stuff can be moved out and it's all like compartmentalized. And the, there's special uh, electricity that's rigged in so that you can plug your lights in easier and things like that. Interesting. It's, it's, it's all built differently. Now for the movie The Founder, I'm wondering if they use... Well, no, because that was a period piece. Yeah. Obviously, that took place decades right. ago, so no, they wouldn't have used no, that. No, they wouldn't have done that. It, it had a different uh, decor, the whole... It was different then. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, with That's the location scout, I mean, I don't know if he was dealing with... You know, maybe... I don't know if he was shot while he was doing his job, or if that was... I mean, most of the time, if you're murdered, you're murdered by somebody that you know. But he... It, oftentimes, location scouts are going into neighborhoods that are really sketchy and well uh, he did fast and furious so yeah. it's possible famously for what was the uh oh the denzel movie where the uh with ethan hawk where they uh training day oh i love that film so there's a couple of scenes where they shot training day and they had to call a ceasefire between the bloods and the crips for them to shoot in this location and it was very very shady uh and the location manager worked for weeks and weeks and weeks to try to get the the gangs to agree to a ceasefire and it worked they were able to to get their shots up but it was a very very dangerous neighborhood that they shot that right i shot a music video one time in the middle of uh, some really bad gang neighborhood and there was a um there was a park ranger that came up to us and we didn't have permission to be shooting in this park and uh, these guys they had automatic weapons i saw it and they were like man we should fucking kill this guy and i i we're sitting right there trying to shoot this little music video and it was i mean it was very very clear that we were in way deeper than we should have been and luckily everybody just kind of chilled out and went away but right, right. training day that scene with ethan hawk playing poker he didn't want to be in that room right man talk about anxiety yeah oof it's quite a film yeah denzel washington got the oscar for that he did well, King yeah. Kong didn't have anything on him. Uh, All right, what else, who else okay. died? And so, uh, yeah, so Frank died, and he was, um, not Frank, Carlos died at 37. Frank, Frank Vincent, you know who he who he was. 80 old years Frankie. old, American actor. He was in The Sopranos TV show. Right. However, he did um, Goodfellas, Casino, Complications from Heart Surgery. He was um, he worked a lot with um, Martin Scorsese. He was in Raging Bull and uh, all of Martin's films, as well as Goodfellas and so on. And so uh, he died as well. And we need to mention the great Harry Dean Stanton. How Harry about that? Dean Stanton. 91 years old, American actor. I forgot he was an alien. I forgot. Oh, yeah. you got to Google this he guy. Was and see. He, he, he's, he's, he was old in alien. He was always old. I think he was born old. Yeah. I, we used to say that about Walter Brennan. Yeah. He was always old. And uh, my God, what, what a career. What a list. You know, the movie Lucky, which is coming out right away. He's in that uh, as well. And Logan Lucky? No, don't even, <laughs> not Logan, just plain old Lucky. Robert, he was in Cool Hand Luke. 
he was in Cool Hand Luke in 1967 and Kelly's Heroes and um, and so many other films. The Straight Story, I mentioned that before, how much right. I, I love that film. Uh, the Green Mile, Alpha Dog, and uh, and Lucky, which is coming out this year. So um, what a career. What a career. Harry Dean Stanton. Did you ever watch Big Love? No, and I know he was... In, yeah, he was a great yeah. character in Big Love. Was he a great actor or was he a certain type? Hmm. Well, you know what I mean. I you do know why know I'm bringing mean. that up. That he it, always played the cantankerous, cantankerous, old, old crotchety yeah. with that edge. That I'm not sure if he was a really gifted actor, but man, we sure liked him. He was damn good at what he did. But what am I trying to say? I don't think his his breadth, his the variety of roles weren't there. Well, he was a okay, specific but type. now, a do do we think he was typecast? And well, b or, switch. Do you think that maybe he just gravitated towards those right. kinds of roles? Right. I think I think we're going to disagree on this, but I do measure a great actor by having a, a, a variety, a wide range of inner uh, of talent. And I know that I was really impressed when Dustin Hoffman was Benjamin Braddock in, in The Graduate, and a year later he followed it up with Ratso Rizzo in Midnight Cowboy, going something completely different, and yeah. he pulled off both roles. So yes, I think that's the stuff of greatness. I do. What about a lot of actors? I mean, one might argue Harrison Ford. Harrison he... Ford is well. He doesn't play a whole lot of variety, Harrison Ford, here it comes. You ready? Yeah. I don't think Harrison Ford is... I think Harrison Ford is always Harrison Ford. Right. He's always the same. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is he a great actor? No. But we sure like him in these roles, don't we? That's it. Isn't that it? Yeah. We like him in these roles. I don't think he's a great actor. But he's damn good at what he does. Now, what about somebody like Matt Damon? Do you think Matt Damon always plays the same type? Sort of. Not as much as Harrison Ford, but not... As much in the because other extremes, I could Dustin argue, I mean, let's look at Matt, some movies like uh, what's the Scorsese movie with every Jack Nicholson and everybody in it? The oh, fucking Gangs of New- no, 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 um, the hmm. Boston one. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, uh, producer Joey, she's playing with a cat. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Right? I with, do. Uh, Mark Wahlberg and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Alec yeah. Baldwin and everybody else in it. Martin Sheen. Do you know what I'm talking about? Of course I do. He I plays the bad the guy in that movie. Right, I Leonardo know. DiCaprio. Right. The Departed. Thank you. That's a con- The Departed. Good. Yeah, so The Departed. He plays a bad guy and a very nuanced bad guy. A very different type of character than, say, The Martian. And yet again, I look at Goodwill Hunting. A different kind of nuanced. This, those are not the same characters. Agreed. And that's the stuff of greatness. But you just said that you didn't think that he was a very good I said actor. not as much as someone like Dustin Hoffman, who I thought has a more wide range. I'd put this guy somewhere in the middle, Matt Damon. Yeah. I mean, I feel that, I feel that you feel that someone like Harry Dean oh. Stanton, who's always Harry Dean Stanton, is still a great actor, even though he's, he's wedged into that one persona. Do we know if he's a dick or not? Was Harry Dean no. Stanton a dick? That's a great question. Why? Why do you bring hey, that producer up? Producer Joe, can you find out if Harry Dean is a dick? <laughs> Google that. Why do you ask? You just have a feeling that maybe... Well, because if he was a dick and he's playing all these characters that were a dick... Typecasting. Yeah. Or maybe he... I See, this is the kind of guy where you know he's like the sweetest person in the world in real life. And he plays these characters where you're always just like, man, I want to fucking punch that guy. Yeah. It's almost like you have to be a super sweet guy. And that's how you get all of the shit out of your, your life is just by playing these, these characters. 
Anyway, he's dead. He's he'll, dead. He'll be yeah. missed. He's dead. Oh, and uh, one more, uh, Kirk Douglas. So he's dead too. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. Anyway, a legend, like yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess on that note, we should start moving into uh, the movie that we're ready to talk about tonight. The main main event. Mother. Ira. Wait. Wait. So, what do you think? No, no, I've got something planned. Uh oh. I've got something planned. This is a step towards our new name. Our so, what do you think? If you will. And I like that you said that. <clears throat> Are you listening? And now? As... Why do they always become an and now? <laughs> and now? No. We shift into action as we discuss the main attraction. Was the film good or did it stink? So, do tell us. What do you think? That's not bad. Come on. Wait, you didn't ever Come said, on. so what do you think? You said, so do tell us what... Yeah, so, do tell us. Oh, so, tell us what do you think. Do tell no, us. Because it tell us. So I'll work think? on it. I'll work on it. But come on. This is still pretty damn good. Yeah? <gasps> uh, okay. Love it. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. You'll probably take that out, too. Well, Ira, in keeping with the, the new shift of, of the, mm-hmm. so, the yeah. podcast, what did you think? You're so great at this. Go ahead and walk us through ah. the <laughs> No, that's one, cha- that's one change we're not going to make. Oh, we're really? not changing our format that radically. Oh, okay. I need you, in broad strokes, to tell us what it's about. And then we'll talk about how we felt about it. Okay, so Mother is about <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, and this is probably the most dreamlike movie I've ever seen in my life. It really followed very much a uh, uh, like a nightmare and I want to talk a lot about dreams within this this is a very Darren Aronofsky film through and throughout this is the kind of film that he does and he takes a lot of risks this movie is not going to be liked by everybody it is this is a polarizing film and it's a film that takes a stance so I, I think people are really going to like it and appreciate it and other people are not it is a story about a woman and a man living in a house and they're trying to create the, their own uh what am I trying to say like their their own life they're carving out their own life for themselves and a man shows up and then a woman shows up and they start taking them into their house and against Jennifer Lawrence's character's uh wishes she's kind of like why are these people here and the man has kind of let them into the house and let them stay with them for a little bit of time. And then their children show up and then all these people start showing up in their house and they won't go away. And the house seems to be haunted or there's problems and no one seems to quite know what's going on. And, and Jennifer Lawrence is losing her mind. And the story starts to escalate more and more. And by the end of the film, uh, the entire house has people, Everywhere there is a war going on, there is, there's people being murdered, and she cannot seem to escape the chaos. Is that a fair description? And then what happens? So she winds up pregnant, and she wants to keep her baby, and the main guy, Javier Bardem, takes the baby and gives it to all of these people that are in the house, and they... Uh, kill the baby and eat the baby and she gets so upset that she basically destroys the house she sets fire to the house and then and then what happens it all starts over again is that it it's, is that yeah it? 
What do you think? I have a feeling mm-hmm. from your body language, just yeah. the way you're talking about it, that you like this piece of shit. <laughs> I did. I yeah. like this piece yeah. of shit. Yeah. Obviously, that speaks more about you and less about the movie, that, that you would gravitate to this. I think it was worthless trash. Why? I, I'm, I, I kept on embracing the word pandering. Okay, you think it was pandering? Yes, definitely. And I think that the movie that we... And by the way, I'm a fan of the directors. And we talked about mm-hmm. Pi, you and I. And I was really fascinated by that film. And I was enthralled about it. And I understand the director and his the, his, the Talmud. And he's fascinated with religion and blah, 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 and all that stuff. But I just thought this was... It was gratuitous. And the, the scenes went on for so long... Like, we get it, we get it, we get it. I want to first say that I found the first half fascinating. And I found that, that was my favorite part of the movie. Mm. That was my favorite part of the movie when the other characters were introduced and the dynamics that was going on. But I thought this movie is guilty of of pandering. It was over the top. It was grotesque. And ultimately, I felt empty and used. What was the movie about? Yeah. No, I'm asking you. I uh, beats the hell out of me. By the way, she was great. I, the whole movie, I just want to say, through yeah. Jennifer, it was her POV, and we followed her. It was through her perception, it was through her eyes. Either camera was following her back of her head, or we were seeing what she was seeing. And I think she was really quite terrific in the film. Although, especially when we had the invasion, the second invasion, invasion number two, which dealt with celebrity, which at first was dealing with celebrity, and I got that. I get metaphors. I'm a smart guy. Mm. However, her dialogue reminded me, Robert, of how you and I used to make fun of, what are you doing here? Because a lot she was saying, no, get out. Don't sit on that. Why are you here? Get out of the bathroom. Can you, can you appreciate yeah, that? I, I thought the I, dialogue was a little bit mm, yeah, cringeworthy. I could agree with that. Okay, yeah. But you're saying well, get you're back getting to... a metaphor, but I don't, I don't know that you got the metaphor. Oh, well, what? That Why she... was it named what it was named? Okay, here it comes. Because she was... I thought that he was the devil, but I think he was God. Mm. And she was Mother Nature. Mm. So who were the people? They were the, the other couple? Yeah. Well, I think their children were Adam and Eve. Yeah. See? I'm a bright guy. I get metaphors. And then Cain and Abel. Yeah, 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 yeah. The kids then die and blah, blah. I get all that. I'm a bright guy. But just because a movie is heavily riddled with analogy does not a good movie make. I get the metaphor. I get the analogy. I used to teach honors English. I embrace this stuff Mm -hmm. when it's done smart. But here's the thing. All right. First of all, you said the scenes lasted too long. You're a fan of My Dinner with Andre. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. We disagree on that. It's funny you're bringing that up too. When we get wait till we get to our top five. Oh, I know. Brother. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. So, I, I mean, I can appreciate that he's tried to do something different, and that's what I like about this movie is that he's he's not but trying. Robert, to play just because something is different does not make it good. Here, I think here, this was here's good. a two-hour film of someone taking a dump on a toilet. Wow, mm. it's really different. That no. doesn't mean good. No, that's what Warhol was doing. And right. and Warhol was making a point of saying, this is how shit it's become. I right. mean, his, that movie Sleep, where it's right. literally I, just a guy sleeping. Sleep. I know. So, I mean, that movie, he he's poking fun at the art world. He's basically ridiculing the art world, saying, look, I'll just film a guy sleeping, and you'll give me credit for that. And they did. And that he's he's commenting on the art world by doing it. That's his whole point with replicating, um, you know, the the Campbell soup over and over and over again is he's going, this is pop art. It's just mass produced art and you're buying it up. 
And everyone did. They bought it up. They say, okay, I'll just keep making so, the same so shit. So what was it? Okay, so the, the metaphor aside for a second, was at the end of the world, it was almost like a zombie-like feel with these people just clawing their way into the house. It had that energy. In fact, there were some shots I, where we saw yes. devastation. What's, what I, I the think fuck it's a, was this? I think it's a metaphor for the end of... Uh, Rebirth. Re yes, but I think it's also like the way that the uh, climate change and all of that stuff is happening. I got and, that. I agree. And, and the way that we are worshipping... I agree. Celebrities, Celebrity. but mm -hmm. also God and... and, and there we're not really appreciating mother earth and that i think is that i think is pandering i don't like that i feel like that's a little forced but as i was watching it before i realized where this was going i i wasn't seeing all of that metaphor i was wondering is this a metaphor for like creative experience like finding new um so javier bardem has this glass yeah, heart what's up with that and i guess that's like the soul or the spirit yeah. and i wondered if i mean and, and you know of course adam breaks it right so and this is eating of the apple right. in the garden of eden right and i don't know if that's evil i don't know if that releases but whatever and of course javier bardem says the line at the end he says i am i right this is the biblical line so that's what starts to make me realize okay this is all an allegory for for a Judeo-Christian, um, or actually, I guess not even Judeo, some Abrahamic God. But I'm wondering if there wasn't some element of how to create, because it almost seemed like giving birth to new ideas, new inspiration, and um, I guess new artwork. Like Darren Aronofsky might have used this as a, a, an allegory for his own creation of uh, Black Swan or Requiem for a Dream. And it has its own life. And then by the end of it, he's able to pull out a little nugget of experience that will lead him on to his next exploration. This whole movie was cyclical. It begins with this fire and, um, and uh, Jennifer Lawrence turns around and says, you know, begins with this line, baby, and tries to find Javier Bardem. And then, of course, that's also the last line of the film as well. So it's the cyclical nature. What's the book... Producer Joe, can you find it? It's I think it's called The Policeman. There's a book that's like this. That's it's it's all cyclical and like the very first few pages, the first chapter is the last chapter. I think the TV show Lost was based on this. I think it was called The Policeman, if I'm not mistaken, but I can't remember. Raymond, anyway. But I think that that there there is something there in terms of the creative process as well and that's what i was kind of looking at that was the metaphor i was seeing here is oh there's a lot of um making a creative entity and then it becoming ev everyone else wanting a piece of it and it they're starting to take pieces of your own creation and it kind of uh no longer becoming yours I, th I think there's something to that in a mm -hmm. way if you're creating art, especially on the level that Aronofsky is creating art and it al you almost have to give up ownership of that art and burn it down and then move on to the next one. Right. I'm not sure it's a clean metaphor, but that's kind of what I was looking at as I was watching it. Do you agree with what I said that he was God and she was mother nature? Do you, yes. Did you have that same take? You did? Yes. Oh. And you got the Adam and Eve thing and so on. 
I, I did in retrospect after I realized when he said I am I, I'm go, okay, well that's God. I mean, she asks him who he is and he's saying I basically I'm God. And so okay, so she's mother nature, so what does all this mean? Okay, this that's Adam and Eve. And, okay, here it comes. If he was God, why was he so aloof to his wife? He was he was well, aloof. She, she's mother nature. Yeah. Can he be nicer? He was he was arrogant and an asshole, right? Yes. Are you calling God an asshole? I, seriously, explain that to me. I I don't mean to be well, I do mean to be putting you on the spot here. Well, well I think the old I mean you're making me defend it, but I, I and, and I like the movie generally speaking, but it's not my movie to defend, but I I'll try my best. I think Old Testament God um uh, he did want adoration. He did want a lot of those things. He, he wanted no one else before him. You know, there were no other gods before me. And there, there are certain emotions that we attribute to the Old Testament God. And I think a lot of those were coming out in Javier Bardem's character. By the way, during the entire second half of the film, I couldn't shake it. This was Rosemary's Baby. It felt so much. Didn't you also flash on that? I guess it was a yeah. lot like Rosemary's Baby, and the um, with Michelle Pfeiffer, who was very good. I enjoyed Michelle Pfeiffer in yeah. this role a lot, and she was Ruth Gordon's role. And we had Javier, who was John Cassavetes. Yeah. There were a lot of parallels, and the whole thing with the um, you know the ending with the party and the baby, and it was the devil and so on. Um, it was very Rosemary's Baby like. I thought it was gratuitous, and I thought it was pandering. And I thought it was excessive with a lot of unnecessary violence. I thought those scenes went on too long. The two, what I'll call the home invasions, um, number one, when the people flocked because of um, the death of the son. So all these people came and the neighbors and blah, blah, blah. And then the second one, of course, with the celebrity dumb. I get it. I do get it. But it went on and on. And then the, the climax at the end and the twist, um, this, is, this is good cinema to you, huh? I enjoyed it, yeah. yeah. I mean... It- it created a mood. It established a curiosity the entire time. And for the first 30 or 40 minutes, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And I was going, is this a dream? Like, why, are, why is everybody behaving this way? And then at a certain point, I think it did a really nice job of not... I, I think you felt something was odd, but you didn't know what it was. And then all of a sudden, it, it kind of says... It, it kind of revealed that... This is clearly some sort of other world experience. You, I, I think my initial because I didn't read anything about this. I didn't know anything about the movie beforehand, <coughs> um, and so I think, I think watching it, I was thinking, okay, there might be some sort of ghost or there's some sort of possession or something that's going on here, and you're kind of wondering why are the are these people? Is this Javier Bardem's um, family or, or what is this and? Then all of a sudden you start to realize that, I guess by the time the first invasion happens, when she keeps telling everybody, please don't sit on that, and they keep sitting on it, and then they're purposefully like looking jumping at her and actively and yeah, jumping, yeah. I'm going, okay, this is breaking every social norm right, available. Right. Like they're actively, they're looking her in the eye, and, they're, and they're, they're messing with her. So this has to be some other otherworldly experience. And when the people just keep coming and coming and they don't stop, and it's like, okay, this is surreal now. And I, I was like, this almost feels like a dream. To me, that's what I kept thinking too, is that, you know sometimes when you have a dream and you don't even know 
why it's scary. The, the, this movie it reminded me the most of a movie from the 1980s with John Larroquette and, and uh, Kirstie Alley. It was called Madhouse. Have you ever seen mm, it? I haven't. And it literally is the same exact premise. The only difference is that uh, it's comedy. And they have a house and people keep coming into the house and destroying the house little by little by little. And the whole thing just starts to kind of fall apart. And it's a comedy. And I was thinking this whole thing could have been a comedy. It just feels like um, for whatever reason it was a suspense, scary. I mean the tonality of it was very weird and mysterious. And I think that that's, uh, what am I trying to say? That, that's what made me feel like it was a dream was the fact that it it went it so many things were happening she wasn't laughing about it you know i I suppose if she'd had it almost felt like a a weird acid trip or something yeah yeah now i know you're a fan of the director Mm -hmm. and i i have a feeling this is not your favorite movie of his um no but see i i think that's what that's what i really like about him is that he challenges his audiences He's not trying to do stuff. He's trying to do stuff that means something to him. And I think Linkletter, I think Soderbergh, I think uh, Aronofsky, I think these are filmmakers that uh, they are not trying to make everyone else happy. They're truly trying to make films for themselves. And I would almost put Tarantino into that category, but I do think Tarantino is very... um, I think he he's almost concerned with what the audience thinks a little too much, but he knows that he's got his own taste as well. Aronofsky made this movie going, all right, we're going to throw out all conventional three-act structure. I mean, the, Jennifer Lawrence's character does not change the entire time. There is no arc here at all. She's the same character at the beginning. She's looking around. She's very shifty-eyed. She's like, what the fuck's going on? And she does that for the entire duration of the film. I mean, am I wrong? Do you remember her changing? Right, so... Who's the protagonist in this film? Well, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Who's the antagonist? I think everyone else. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's why the the allegory or the you know the connection between it being Mother Earth and people, and that's what I find pandering is okay. So we're ruining Mother Earth, and all right. So once you uncover it, it the big secret is a letdown it's like uh, okay so we're we're to blame for everything all right fucking whatever move on um it almost feels like do you remember in the christmas story when he gets his decoder ring of course and he's been like waiting for this decoder ring and they they say the secret message and he's sitting there and he's ovaltine yeah drink more ovaltine and that's kind of what i felt like was okay this is like all encoded and when it finally becomes unraveled you're going fucking uh, oh, so we're bad to Earth. Yeah, it was climate change. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was that. That message was disappointing. To that me. was disappointing, to right? Me. But I thought it's funny we we're both using this word pandering, but for different reasons. Yes. Well, I thought it was pandering for other reasons that right. it was just over the top and grotesque, and um, it, it it was like we get it already. Uh, Producer I, Joey just a few minutes ago flashed at me and the the book that I was talking about is called The Third Policeman, and it is it's a very circular book in that same way, almost the. It, almost the same kind of concept and if you're interested in stories that do that that kind of start and go through a very long winding complex um almost like a bureaucracy and then end up right where you began third policeman listen this this too might be a crazy example but i thought i did flash on the ending of 
uh, Kubrick's 2001 Space Odyssey with the uh, the Star Child yeah. going back to Earth. Yeah. And it, it had that same feeling about, and so the cycle continues. It's time for an evolutionary step. Well, uh, you asked before if I thought that this was one of Aronofsky's best, and I... I don't think it is his best, but I think it's definitely in his canon. I think it's it's something that he he's done from the beginning. I mean, even Pi, you have a character who spirals, right? This these it's this circular spiraling, and at the end, he can't handle it anymore, so he basically drills out his head and becomes uh like uh, neuters himself essentially because it becomes so circular. Um, cir- the what's the the fountain, and it's this circular time loop of these three different characters, three different storylines, and it just it's very circular. When you look at um, the wrestler, it's this guy who's who's kind of gone around the world, and he comes back to um, the the big moment at the end, and basically he's told that if he continues wrestling, that he's going to to kill himself. And the did you see the wrestler? I didn't. No. So you know, at the very end, he decides that he's going to keep wrestling anyway and it's a it's a beautiful moment where he just he does this giant loop and he comes back to what he knows and that's wrestling and i i I think all of his characters kind of do that even black swan you know she gets this part and she's uh losing her mind losing her mind losing her mind and that kind of it's this very circular spiral downward Uh, those are those Spirals are what I see. Circles and spirals, that's what I see for a lot of Aronofsky's stuff. Um, even with Requiem for a Dream, where they're taking drugs over and over and over again, and, and you could just see this spiral starting to um, to come in on itself. Right. And that's what we're seeing here, too. So if I was to paint his movies, they would all be spirals. How's that for being weird? Yeah, yeah. Um, we disagree. What did you not we like disagree. about it besides it being the movie? Pandering? The movie, yeah. I mean, the I liked the acting a lot. I liked all four of the principal characters, and um, again, it was I thought that she was incredible, and Michelle Pfeiffer. For some reason, I thought I'd never seen her like that. It was just fun to watch her in that role. I thought it was shot really well. Yeah, too. I do too. I do too. It was very tight close-ups, mm-hmm. and remember, Aronofsky developed a lot of that style. For Requiem of a Dream, he would attach the camera to the front of... I think he even started it in Pi. But he would uh, attach the, the camera right up in front of people's faces. And then as they would move, the camera would always stay with them. You know, Their shoulders would never really move out of frame. But the background would kind of twist and turn. So he's very... Uh, a lot of his films have, have dealt with a lot of that very close-up. Uh, same kind of uh, f- very tight imagery of the face. And I think that's interesting. I do too. I do too. But that does not a good movie make. No, but you know what does make a good movie? Something that's thought-provoking, and I think this is thought-provoking. It is thought-provoking. The fact we're talking about it. Yeah. But um, I hate to go here. It's such a... It's probably a, a specious argument, but there's a reason why it's tanking at the box office and bringing in only $6 million. Oh, for sure. And But I don't think that Aronofsky is surprised about that. I don't think that's the movie that he was trying to make. I think everybody's going, oh, it's not making a lot of money. I, I'm not surprised at all. This is not the kind of movie that that people expected. The The movie that they build, I mean, it's 
it's fall. People are getting ready for Halloween. You've just seen it. And everyone's going, okay, here's another horror movie. And they put the light bulb with covered with blood bursting in the in the uh, trailer. And so that feels like it's going to be a horror movie. There's going to be a lot of blood and guts and everything else. And it's not that kind of movie at all. This is an art house movie. Art house movie. Yeah, including the wooden floor that had a hole in it. It looked like a bleeding vagina. Yeah. I'm surprised art, you, art house you didn't movie. like that. You get to see Jennifer Lawrence's tits. I wonder if those were her tits. Well, there was one shot that was pretty clearly her tits. And the very opening, well, not the very opening, but one of the opening shots, you could see through her shirt pretty well, too. So, yeah. you know, I think you're seeing some You know, she and the director movie. are an item. Did right. you know that? Yeah. You knew that. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Well. Please don't ask me if I had any money shots for this movie. Oh. Yeah. Well, you but, know I'm going to. Yeah. But before we do Uh-oh. that, there's something else that I want to talk about. Yeah. The earthquake. Earthquake? We, as we were watching the movie, this was a really weird movie experience because first of all, we went to a theater and then they couldn't show. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. They couldn't show the movie. So the projector was broken. Kicked yeah. us out, yeah. and we went to another movie theater where they were showing it. And during the movie, there was an earthquake, which was really strange. I know. And uh, I don't think I've ever told you this, but when I was a little kid, uh, I've had this premonition my entire life of dying in a theater. And I don't know where that came from, but I, I don't know if it was a dream or something that I saw in the news or something, but I've had this image in my head of how I'm going to die for the longest time. And I, it was, uh, it's always in a movie theater. And I, I'm sitting on the right-hand side of the theater, and the ceiling collapses, and I die. And when the earthquake happened, it was like, well, here it is. Now, we weren't sitting on the right-hand side, but I get, we, I'm sorry, I'm... Right side of the screen. We were sitting on the right-hand side of the, the audience. So I guess what I'm trying to say is in my... You're giving me the look like we, we were sitting on the right-hand side. Yeah. The other side of where we sat. Got it. Okay. Just be careful where you sit a week from Thursday on September 28th. Oh, what happens then? Oh, it's, a, it's the red carpet premiere of our movie, 30 oh, Love. Oh, that thing. That was pretty smooth, wasn't it, Robert? It Come on. Great. Come on. Is that good? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, when, and it also added to the trippiness because the movie's so freaking weird to begin with, and all of a sudden the whole room starts shaking, and there was a little bit of like, this is an earthquake, right? It's not the movie? And you know, sometimes your whole movie vibrates from the, right, from right. the theater next to you. Yeah, that's correct. You know, they're playing the new... You hear the explosives. Yeah, yeah the new Jurassic Park right. movie or something, right. and your whole theater shakes. Yeah. I thought it was like sensor round. Remember that earthquake? The movie Earthquake with Charlton Heston. Oh, that sensor. And they had the big speakers that were like woofers, and it got the theater to vibrate. I'm sorry. What kind of speakers were they? Woofers. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. I like Jennifer Lawrence. I liked all the actors. I got the metaphor, Robert. I got it, but I didn't care. Mm. Yeah, I just didn't think it was a good movie. I don't think you were going to like this movie to begin with. I thought I was going... Really? Yeah. Interesting. You didn't... I, I could tell that you... Are you suggesting I'm not esoteric enough? I'm not intelligent enough? I'm not highbrow enough? I'm not sophisticated I'm suggesting enough? you read too many reviews before you watch the movie. I hardly did that. Just Maybe just five or six. <laughs> and all the IMDb comments and uh, and every every major reviewer for Rotten Tomatoes. And your point is what? <laughs> no, actually, I, I made a concerted effort to not do that, but I did a little bit. Just a little bit. All right. Well, 
Yeah. Anything else you want to add about no, it? No, no. Right, well, what was your money shot? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you go first? Let me think. I mean, there's it, the the problem is it's hard to not have the same money shot for everyone, which is the over the shoulder uh, close up on Jennifer Lawrence's face where she's looking around frantically, going, "What's everyone doing?" Excuse because me. That's eighty percent of the that's movie. That's eighty percent of the movie. That's eighty percent of the movie. Yeah, and uh, and and. The, it really is just an escalation of that. It's first, at first it's like, why are these people being so weird? And then after a while it's, what are all these people doing here? And then what the fuck is going on? And as I said earlier, her character does not change. It's the same character throughout. And I think that this movie will be studied. And I think what's really interesting is Aronofsky's intention behind it of using it as an allegory for earth and God will actually uh, I think it will be in some film circles ignored and a new interpretation will be derived from it. Oh, you, Jesus God. Do you really? N- no, not Jesus. <laughs> uh, actually other interpretations. So I, I do think, yeah, I think so. I think people will start to look They're gonna at They're going to analyze this in, in film school. and Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I, I think, agree. I think I there's agree with you. so I'm, much there to unpack. Yeah, I agree with you. They'll analyze it on how, how not to write a movie? How not to th- avoid this at all costs? Mm-hmm. Sorry, am I being a dick right now? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. That's right. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. So, what was your we, money shot? We've never really disagreed this much as we have tonight for this. Movie. Yeah, we have. No, my dinner with Andre. I'm talking about a film that we critique together. The, the, oh well, we'll talk main. about it in a second then. Yes, we will. You already know that's on my top five. But um, my money shot—that's one of the worst movies we've ever seen. Wow, what's happening to us? How are we still friends? We tend to agree more than we disagree. Yeah. We tend to agree a lot more than we disagree. But, I mean, that's what I began this whole thing by talking about. This is a is a polarizing film. Right. And and I think the fact that we disagree actually makes for a better conversation about it. I agree. It. I agree. It's not a film that everyone's going to like. And the people that like it are going to love it. And the people that don't like it are going to hate it. It's a polarizing film. I don't think that most people are going to walk out of this theater going, eh. It's all right. It, it's not that kind of film. You're going to have an opinion divisive. about it. Divisive. It's yeah. a divisive movie. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, I like that. I like that the movie is taking risks and, and it's trying to do something different. What upsets me is Wonder Woman. <coughs> That's what upsets me, which is the same shit that we've seen, we've seen all over and over and over again. And even though I enjoyed Spider-Man because it did a few things that were a little different and, and interesting and I could appreciate, okay, we, we kind of have to play in the same sandbox every time. They're trying to do something new and a little bit different and fresh. Including a cool villain with a motivation. Right. We, we like that. Now, I will also admit I like movies where characters kind of spiral. I mean, the you mentioned the founder earlier that's a movie about a character spiraling down and i like that i like these those kinds of films i like films that buck the traditional three-act structure blue jasmine we spoke about this too spiraling down yeah Yeah. i really like that i don't like movies that are laid out in a predictable format me too and i will say this about the movie i'll say this about mother i didn't know how this movie was going to end now i knew that she was going to set fire to the house because that's set up for you in the first you know 30 seconds of the movie um, and, and I knew that it would repeat. I knew that however it ended would be the exact same beginning, the exact same as the beginning. So when the, the girl turns around and says, baby, I knew that was going to be the last line of the film. Right. Right. 
It had to have been. So they were in the Garden of Eden, huh? No, I think I think it's that God reset and creates new worlds. You didn't think they were in the Garden of Eden? I did. Because we had that one master shot where you saw the house with all the lush greenery around it. I thought that that was Eden. No? Yeah, I guess. Oh. I mean, it's kind of... I think it's... I think the house is Earth. I mean, it's... It's Mother Nature taking care of Earth and people destroying Earth. Right. There were segments that I got. I appreciated, again, the celebrity dumb. I, I, I was getting that well, point. Well, and, and killing Jesus. I mean, they're taking her son and killing him. Yeah. Yeah. You asked me about my money shot, and I do think it was before they killed and ate the baby, it was when the baby was being passed along by the masses, the throngs. We had mm-hmm. that one wide shot where they were like all holding the baby and and then just before they killed it and ate it. I think that was a money shot for me. It was a powerful moment. Hmm. Hmm. If I, 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 there's, I'm going to have to think about this one for a little while, but I really liked this movie. I, th- I thought this movie was interesting. It, it, I can understand how someone would find it boring, and yet at the same time it was very thought-provoking. It reminded me also of There Will Be Blood. Did you see There Will Be Blood? Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was a film, I was going, this is a good movie, I'll never watch it again. Right. And that's kind of how I felt about this one. Was This is a good movie. I don't need to see it again because I feel like I got my fill of it. I paid attention. I got it. And, and I feel satiated. And I doubt that I ever really need to sit down and watch it again. I know there are other people that are listening to this that would really disagree with me about uh, There Will Be Blood, but that's how I've always felt. All right. Well. Okay. Wow. We've, we've never been quite so polarized. So let's, let's rate it. What do you think about... The rating. I like the acting a lot with all the principal players. I like the cinematography. I like the sound. The sound also was, was very distinct. Now, something with happened cre- with the sound in this movie that I want to point out. It made me think about something. In the beginning, when she's painting the house, she uses some spackle and stuff. And uh, Which, by the way, I thought it was really interesting that as the, as the house is being destroyed... There were parts of it in the background where people were painting the house and she was getting upset at them painting the house. It was really weird. As they're breaking things off, other people were painting and it was kind of like both were bad. Repairing Ah. the house and destroying the house and both of them were upsetting her. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. That's very interesting. Um, But as she was mixing the paints together and she's using her spatula, the Foley work was not good. And I could hear that it was overdone. It was too much of the It noise. was exaggerated. There were scenes where it was and exaggerated. I, I realized that there aren't very many there aren't very many elements to Hollywood films that are noticeably bad. And Foley work is one of them. When Foley work I've seen fantastic films, multi million dollar films, and the Foley work still just doesn't quite sound right. And I think it's a testament to how difficult it is to get Foley work to sound just right. And uh, and I noticed it here. I, it, it bumped me. It pulled me out. And that's that's probably the biggest insult that you could levy towards a Foley artist is that it's distracting. And it, it draws attention to the fact that it's Foley work. But I noticed it here. You're silent. Okay. No, it bothered me that God was not nice in this movie. He was not a nice guy. He was aloof. He wasn't loving. He wasn't warm to his wife. 
He was a brooding poet. Oh, yeah, I have writer's block. Fuck you. I already, Fuck. you're smoking. You might be going to hell. Oh, <laughs> I'm talking about the movie. Can you uh, appreciate what I'm saying? Uh, no, because I think he was loving. I think he, he wasn't. I think he was. She, he just wasn't understanding of her situation. But I think he, he cared, and he cared about everybody. He was caring about all of these other other people. He he had he was very caring. But she, we were viewing the movie only through her eyes. We we weren't viewing the movie through his eyes. Right. If we viewed the movie through his that's a good point. His viewpoint. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I think we would say, look, I've I've helped all of these other people. Uh, you know, I've I've really tried to protect this house. I've, I've tried to love my wife. I'm just being pulled in a million different directions. I'm trying to create, and that's very difficult for me to do in this whole process. And I'm I'm just really distracted here. There's a lot going on. So I I would say this is only one half, and maybe that would make a really good rebuttal film, is to shoot the whole thing again from God's perspective. Oh no, I have to watch it again. No, you what? you get to watch it again, and it'll be called. Father! <laughs> It'd be called... Father. Dead. Uh, yeah, all right. So what did you give it? What was your rating? Uh, I give it a... Um, again, I like the acting and the look of the movie. Pull that closer to you, eh? And the... Yeah. The acting, the look of the movie. Um, I give it overall a, 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 a C, between a C- minus and a C. Uh, I give it a solid A. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So between there, between C minus and A. Wow, that's where the truth shall lie. Truth is always in the middle. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's A minus. Okay. Ah. Cool. Um. Well, we're gonna, I guess, move on to our top five, right? Our top, our top five. All right, hit now. it, Vern. And now, kiddies, it's time for our top five favorites. And now, wipe off that frown. As we present our countdown, we ain't joshing and this ain't no jive. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. So, what's your top five? All right, am I going to go first? Sure, yeah. There are a lot of them. So this is top five movies that take place in one location. Yes, all or nearly all the movie is shot in one interior location. Now, do you think we're going to overlap? I love that question. I usually ask that question, don't yeah. I? I love that you asked it this time, and I'm going to surprise you by saying no. yes on one movie, and I think I know what it is. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking up here. I think I There's know. one movie that where I we think, could overlap. Yes, and it happens to be my number one, and I'm, it's your number one as well. My number two. This is very interesting. Okay, and so the drama begins. Okay. There are a lot of these, but right. uh, let's cut. I'll go right to my number five. Ira, I'm not, I'm not quite hearing you uh, is in my right? headphones. Can you pull it down just a little bit? How am I doing now? That's much better. Oh, wait. So do, should we do the whole podcast? All over again. All right. I'll, hit, I'll hit stop. Ah, okay. You ready? Yeah. Dead Calm. Have you saw that movie? Yeah. 1989, uh, Australian film. It right. all took place either at sea or on the boat. Virtually the entire film took place there. It was... Um, by the way, I want to tell you something. I did a little research. I thought he's on my own. Then I did mm-hmm. research... I want you to appreciate that George Miller was a producer of the film of Mad Max fame. He also did some of the uh, directing of the movie. Of Dead Calm? Mm-hmm. I think I had read that you somewhere. Read that? Uh, there was a sequence that's not, not in the final film where there's a shark that they're battling. And uh, George Miller shot that 
scene, which was not in the film. At any rate, Nicole Kidman and um, and a boat that's all smashed up, and they're visited by um, by a bad guy. And it's it's a very intense movie. It's beautifully photographed. Again, the bulk of it takes place either at sea or on that boat, and uh, it's a real good movie. That's my fifth favorite one location film. Now that movie reminds me a lot of All Is Lost. And I wanted to actually put that on my list, but he transfers out from his... Have you seen All Is Lost? No, no. The Robert Redford movie? He... I think he only has one line the entire movie. Is it called All Is Lost? Yeah, and it's only him. And he, I think he only says one sentence. Sure, well, or, I did see it, but the title was confused me. This was about four years ago. Yeah. And it's a tour de force of him. It's all yeah. Robert. And I was at Robert Redford, and I was really impressed with it. It, I thought it was an amazing film. I do too. Interesting ending also. Yes. 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 And it, I, do, I would agree it's a bad title. It's not memorable. All is lost. What does that mean? Yeah. And I, what I do like about it though, it, 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 it reminds me a lot of Dead Calm, but he is only on the sailboat for about half the film and then he gets into the life raft. And so I, I said, you know, I don't think that that's really, that that would, that that would fit our our rules of this top mm. five. But you can understand the, the linkage. I understand the linkage. I also understand why you decided not to include it in your mm. top five. And your number five is? A movie from 2013 called Coherence. Have you seen Coherence? Never heard of it. This is a really uh, very weird movie. And I don't even know if it's, an, um, it's a really good movie, but it sticks with you. It's a movie about a group of people who uh, have a dinner party during a like a meteor shower and they're all having dinner and they're all kind of getting together and there's a meteor shower going on and while the meteor shower is happening someone rings the doorbell and leaves like a, a little box inside and it's got like pictures of the people at the dinner party wearing the clothes that they're wearing and they're like what the fuck and they uh, all sorts of weird stuff starts happening and they go next door to find out um, I can't remember why why they're motivated to go next door but they go next door to, to reach out to the neighbors and they come back and it, you basically start to figure out that when they when they left it was a different version of them that came back huh. and you start to, to kind of realize that there's multiple versions of the same people and Basically, this asteroid has taken them into different dimensions, and things start getting really twisted when they're they're replaying the same scenario out over and over and over again. And it's another film that I think warrants multiple watchings in order to try to understand what exactly is going on here. But man, that movie stuck with me, and it all basically takes place in this house. It's called Coherence. I feel like I've seen parts of it. Is some of it outside... And we see the meteor shower also. Like, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Good choice. Yeah. And, and again, I don't know that it's the best film, but mm-hmm. it's definitely one that is worth examining, I guess. I, and it just sticks with you. There's some really cool, strange, weird stuff in that. Coherence. What's your number four? My number four. Actually, we may overlap on this one. We may overlap on two. My number four, Hard Candy. Oh, you didn't, I didn't put that on my list, but that's a good one. It is, and this is 2005, Ellen Page, and she's a, um, a, young, um, a, a young female who uh, goes after who she, a man she thinks is a predator, 
and 95% of the film is, is in that house. It's a very powerful film, and you, Robert, did a dramatic monologue from that in, uh, in competitive speech and debate, and it's, uh, it's quite a film. It's a tour de force of acting, especially from Ellen Page. That's my fourth favorite. Okay. My fourth favorite, uh, I, I did not have hard candy on my list. My fourth favorite is a movie from 1992, Reservoir Dogs. A yeah. movie yeah. about the aftermath of a heist. Now, I think you could catch me on... There are several scenes that aren't in that last... Um, what am I trying to say? In the, the meetup afterwards. There's the famous diner scene and things like that. But so much of the movie really is right. in that last bit. I feel like it, it's almost a play. And I think we've even talked about that on this podcast before, that Reservoir Dogs could have very easily been a play. Mm-hmm. So my number four choice is Reservoir Dogs. And my number three mm-hmm. is one of your all-time favorites, My Dinner with Andre. <laughs> Sorry, Robert. I was fascinated by this film, 1981. Louis Maul. Louis Maul directed it. And uh, Wallace Shawn and, uh, uh, and uh, what's his name? Andrew Gregory, um, uh, an actual playwright. And it's a conversation these two people have about, about life, about marriage, about love, about death. And I know it didn't set well with you for some reason, but virtually the entire film is shot in the restaurant at that one table that's my third favorite what do you like about it i there's a moment there with wallace i like that the other guy who is actually a new york playwright was going on about being in touch with the elements and it's okay when you go to sleep at night to feel cold because that's real and he's going on the and wallace sean you know who he is i think you know he's that round kind of a wimpy guy inconceivable yes yeah, and he he simply paused for what he said. I like to sleep with my electric blanket. It feels better. And I was in the audience going, yeah, enough with your esoteric bullshit. We'd like to go to sleep with electric blanket. Let's keep it real here. I like the way the two were going at it and that they had a different perspective on life. I, I guess what I didn't like about it is not the concept. I like the concept just fine. It's that the conversation was so meandering. It was so... Um, Isn't that like real life? But no, I feel like there there should be a point to the conversation. It's like they, just when they're about to say something interesting and make a point, they would deviate and talk about something else that seemed to not really be very connected. And I know that a lot of the writing was from actual conversations that they had, right. but it felt shoehorned. It felt like it wasn't organic to, here I am using your word, organic. It, it felt like it wasn't a, a true connection to what would have been said. I feel like <coughs> people tend to, bloviate or you know expand on on the same kind of topic until they really have have proved their point i don't feel like either one of them ever really proved a point this was more um, i felt like there were more questions at the end of the movie than there were answers just like life no let me try that again just like life oh yeah no (laughs) okay my number two wait is that no No, i'm sorry it's your oh you my number three yes. is a movie from 1976, Assault on Precinct 13. Oh, my God. Did you ever see this? Nice choice. Yeah. Yes. Tell us about it. Assault on Precinct 13 is about a bunch of cops in Precinct 13, really and the gangs take over. They start rioting, and they're held up, and they can't have support, and they're basically trying to survive until... Uh, and, and I think until the morning, and basically, and they're trying to get out, and the gangs keep attacking, and then they're coming at them. That's a real nice choice, Robert. Thanks. Yeah, nice. 
My number two, mm-hmm. 1972. A, um, I like the way we tease a little bit before yeah. we say the actual title. A, a British mystery thriller with Laurence Olivier and Michael Caine, Sleuth. 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 I haven't seen that in years. I, I love that film. I saw it in the theater when it first came out. It all takes place in this manor, a uh, British manor, and it's 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 so clever. It's witty. Uh, a whodunit with a twist at the end. A tour de force with these two great actors. Sleuth. All right, my number two. Now this is the one that I suspect. This we're is the one I think. Lap. I think we will. Wait, let me ask. Wait, wait. No, yeah. Is it a one-word title? Yes. Mm-hmm. Does that one word have four letters? No. Oh, wait. Oh, you just made me think of one that I forgot about. Which, before you get to... What is the one that you just forgot about? Clue. That's not what I was going to say. You spoke about that recently, about the multiple endings, the different endings of that film. I know you like that. But Clue... It's not the one I was thinking of. Okay, so we're wrong. Yeah. I guess we're not overlapping. My movie is from 1990. Misery. That's good. That's good. That's yep. one of my favorite movies, man. Yeah, yeah. James Caan is so amazing. Kathy right. Bates. I, I mean, what an amazing moment in her career. Really, she becomes a household name after that movie. Yep. Fantastic performance. The hobbling scene is one of the most amazing moments in cinematic history. Right. The bulk of it is in that cabin. You're right. You're right. Oh, the vast majority of it's yeah, in that cabin. Of course, cabin. we're in the restaurant at the very, very end. Oh, please. Oh, okay. okay. That was great. Oh, please. Yeah. 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 All right. That's good. That's good. But I forgot about Clue. Now I feel bad. I should have... Well, my number one choice is one word, and it's got four letters. And we spoke about it before, but I think I'm allowed to include it because it was you before you came up with that rule of yours uh-huh. that we can't repeat. And um, 1997, and I'm going to give you a hint. Okay. A Canadian science fiction film, very Kafka-esque. Cube. Cube. I, I'm I surprised you didn't cube. put that. We I, talked I did about, think about it, and it is on my little scoops is of ice, ice cream. Yeah, your yeah. Scoop, yeah. scoops of ice cream. I'm putting it as number one because it was so different yeah. and innovative. It was just so different. Mm. And, and it, was, it, was, it told the story very well. And I'm putting that down as my number one favorite. Good choice. Single it's a great location. movie. And, and I, I, I thought about it for sure. It's on my list. My number one is actually a documentary. Now, let's see if you can figure it out based on that. I don't even think you've seen this documentary. You don't think I've seen it? No. But I've heard of it. Mm, I don't even know if you've heard of it. So that's going to be kind of a hard, hard one for you. You think? This is an amazing, amazing movie. It's a documentary from 2013 and it's one that you really really need to see it's fantastic it's called code black have you heard of this no it's all about county hospital right down the street here in los angeles and it in particular is about their emergency room and how the hospital deals with emergencies and when people show up there they get treated in that hospital they they see so many other people and a big chunk of the whole movie is really about this one part of the emergency room called Seabooth. And Seabooth, uh, they say in the documentary, more people have died in these, like, you know, five square feet oh, or whatever yeah. than anywhere else in the world. Oh. And more people have been saved than anywhere else in the world. It's crazy. They, when you come into the emergency room, if you are going to die, they have three spots, like three beds. And if you are going to die, like any second now, you go into Seabooth. And, um, 
And how could they have filmed a documentary in Seabooth when there's actually patients who need the guy that- who made the movie was a doctor, and so he he wasn't really a documentarian. He just said, you know, I, I, there's so much amazing stuff going on here. We need to document this. And it, he talks about all these uh, do- other doctors visiting doctors from other. You know Harvard and everything else. They come out to hear about legendary Seabooth, and they wow. come up and they look at him like, "That's it, like, yeah, this is it." And the structure of the way that that emergency room is built is really interesting because they're able to treat so many people so fast, and without this, the way that the, the emergency room is built, uh, it actually more people would be hurt. And that was one of the big problems is that they then redesigned this new building for them, and all of a sudden people were not being seen the same way and the quality of medical treatment that they were getting dropped tremendously. And it had to do with the kind of chaotic um, structure that they had built up behind it. If you ever get a chance to see Code Black, it's a fantastic movie. It's a really, really good one. Check it out. Nice choices. Thank you. These were nice choices. Yeah. I enjoyed this. Um, There were a lot of movies a lot of movies yeah. that took place. You want to you want to do a back and forth? What, why don't yes. you do one? I'll do one. I would like that. I got a bunch here too. I have. We, okay, let's go rapid fire back and forth. All right. I'll go first. Oh, you go first. Uh, buried. Did you see Buried? You know, I I was aware of that, and I was going to put it down, but I didn't. Okay. Yes. What yeah. do you got? Uh, the Breakfast Club. Oh yeah. 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 One hundred twenty-seven hours. Oh, that's good. Okay, I'm going to go with um, Clerks. Clerks was on my list. Yeah. Uh-huh. Clerks was there. Yeah. Uh, room. Mm. Now, now, I don't know if that's because it's about half the movie. Right. But Room. Lifeboat. Oh, yeah. Good. How about that? Yeah. 13 hours. This is about the, uh, the CIA agents who are being taken over uh, by the, um, oh, what's the Hillary Clinton big kerfuffle that happened when... Come on, what am what, I trying what? to say here? My brain's not working. It's too late at night. Okay, yeah. This is recording this. The attack that happened on the anniversary of September 11th. Oh, with a B. It starts with a B. One word. Oh. It does. It begins with... Bug- bus- <laughs> Bangla- not Bangla. No, it's, no, it is with a B. It's, it's referring to that... Yeah, with a B. Watch. Watch. Producer Joey is going to say it. It starts with a B. It's Bangladesh. No, it's not. All right, all right. But the... the Benghazi. Benghazi, yeah, thank you. Start, what letters does that start with? A B. It, it starts with a J. The J is silent. <laughs> it's Benghazi. <laughs> so the CIA guys go to help the people in the consulate, and then they retreat back to their base, and then they have to hold out for 13 hours this assault from all of the insurgents that are in there. And that's it's a, a really solid uh, kind of, we're, we're going to have to stay here all night and defend this. Last Stand. Good movie. Um, Dog Day Afternoon. Dog Day Afternoon. Robert, the bulk of the film, as you know, is either in the bank or exterior outside the bank, the street. I know other scenes like at the airport at the very end, but still 85% of the movie takes place in that bank or at the bank. Yeah. What else you got? That's all my I have Gravity. Remember we saw Life a few months ago. Yeah. The movie Life. All that took place, didn't it? On On the ship. Yeah. Except for that last scene, which you loved. Remember? Yeah, the, I, I did love... No, wait a minute. Are you mentioning movies that existed or movies that you liked? Your scoops of ice cream. I've liked these movies I'm rattling off, so oh, it's okay. both. Okay. Yeah, so it's both. Um, and the other one was this movie we spoke about, uh, Ex Machina. Hey, let's what? do something quick. Okay. 
What's your X machine is good. Yeah. Did yeah. you? Uh, what's your money shot from life? What do you remember from life? I love that we're doing this. It was months ago. Right. And because um, now I want to go back and listen to life and figure out was that actually your money shot? It has to be the last scene in the movie of her walking. What's the last scene? No, that's you're thinking. Okay, you're thinking of gravity. Or she's where she walks out of the water. Is that what you're? No. Yeah, yeah. Not gravity. That. Go ahead. Okay, but I'm talking about. It's just that we saw two science fiction movies where they were stranded on yeah. a ship. I'm getting life, and what's the other one? Do you remember the two? Uh, Dwayne was with us, and um, the one I'm thinking of is that twist ending at the very, very end. Yeah, that was where, a, that was life, and that for yeah. me would be the money shot. But what was the money shot? What's the sh- what's the shot? Oh, to describe it? Yeah. That the monster is in the capsule, not right. the humans. But you're, you're testing me to see if I remember. I want to see what you remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It had that and you love that ending because it's really twisted and morbid. Because well, one went one went down and the other went up. That's correct. That's correct. And that was yeah. that was my money shot. That in the fire. Hmm. Yeah. Just to go back yeah. and listen to life yeah. and figure out if that was yeah. our money shots. All right, well. Uh, you know, producer Joey just flashed me one a scoop of ice cream. Oh, die hard. Good one, good one, Joey. Oh, nicely done. Yeah. Coming in here, just slam dunking with one little. <laughs> she showed us. It's good. All the right, hey, guess what? We did it. We did it. If anyone's still listening to this I podcast, know. <laughs> what time is it, Robert? It's way too late. Is it like three? It's two thirty. <sighs> too old for this shit I know yeah hopefully we'll make it to next Thursday if we live that long are you talking about a, a week from Thursday ne- that's next Thursday oh yeah. well the word next is ambiguous some, yeah, pe- yeah. some people think the word next means upcoming anyway next Thursday okay tell us what's September going on September 28th that's our premiere it of is 30 Love and next week on this podcast tell us what's happening next week we're gonna week review for 30 yeah. Love and we're gonna have with us hopefully uh, well, a few we'll members see. of the cast and members maybe the, cast. the crew and we'll, and we'll figure that out movie. we'll have some a few little guests popping in that'll and be great something something so for people in Los Angeles Thursday September 28th at the Vista Theater and if, beginning on the 29th it'll run for a full week at the Los Feliz 3 on and Vermont if you're not in the Los Angeles area then you can certainly buy uh, DVDs or Blu-rays and uh, you can donate to our Indiegogo campaign. It's also going to be on demand, so you can uh, get it on Amazon Prime. You can get it through iTunes. A lot of regular out- outlets. Google. I think she said Google Play as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So you can get it uh, pretty much any way you can get the podcast, actually. And you can get that starting on, I believe, September 29th. Yes, she said the next day. Yeah. How about that? How about that? How about that? And yeah. if you want to uh, complain about our top five this week, or if you want to complain about Mother, or if you want to I'd like to us, complain about Mother. Okay. You, you can I you write a, I'd like to write a letter. You can write a letter. <laughs> you can write a letter to Robert at MoneyShotPodcast.net or... And or Ira at MoneyShotPodcast.net. But not for long, because pretty soon we're going to change yeah. those emails. But not yet. Not yet. Not we'll yet. let people know. So when. We'll, we'll let you know when that happens. Just be on the lookout for a new podcast called, called So What Do You Think? So but until what then, do you think or so what did you think? Oh, I'm gonna punch you. Okay. So until then, uh, we gotta. Uh, you can also send us messages through Instagram and Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Money Shot Pod, and our Instagram handle is at Money Shot Podcast. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? We truly we, are. We really are. You can find us on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. Just go to our website. Yeah, and be sure to tell a friend about the podcast or the upcoming podcast. And. Yeah. 
and just let people know. That's good. Yeah. All right. Good. I enjoy this, even though we were uh, adversaries of one another. Yeah, you really are right. Motherfucker. (laughs) All right. So until next time, keep watching movies. And we'll help you sort them out. It's cold in here.